to write? Do you want to learn what it takes to create a writing career? Then tune in and take notes because on Simply Write, we talk about the writer's craft and the qualities and quirks of living a writer's life. Let's go! Well, hello and welcome to Simply Write with Polly. This is the podcast where we talk about writing craft and crafting a writer's life. And today... I'm going to tell you something you may not want to hear, and it might even be hard to think about, but it's something that if you try, it will change your writing life and it will improve your craft and technique. But before we get into that, you know, we start with the dailies. Well, it's budget time for me. We are in September and twice a year, I take a deep dive into my business budget and our family budget. Right now, I'm evaluating insurances and cable costs and streaming services, which for the kind of work we do, right, are tax deductible in many cases. I look at the supplies, where I'm at with my paper, my inks, those kind of things. It doesn't take as much time as it sounds, but I want to know where I'm going, what I'm spending, and where that money's going. And I want to also take a look at the income coming in because as a freelancer, it can be sporadic, right? I may do a lot of assignments in the fall and not get paid until the winter or or later in some cases, although that's improving for me a little bit. But uh, so twice a year, usually at the end of December, first part of January, and again in September, with the start of the school year, I don't know, it feels like a new beginning for me. I I take a look at those budget things um, to see with the insurances coming due, you know, if we have the best deal, if it's serving our needs and those kind of things. And then once a year, I usually look at our streaming services, my reference books and materials, my subscriptions. Are these things I'm still using? Are these things I'm still needing? Because even with the tax deductions, if I'm not using it, it's just throwing money down the drain, right? And and in September, I always take a look too at what, uh, what I've got in the works for the new year, what kind of things I'm going to work on next year, because it's not too soon to start pitching those ideas or projects if you want to have work to do in, in January, right? So as a freelancer, now this is my least favorite part of the job, or it has been in the past, really scrutinizing the budget, my expenses, my takeout meals, my subscriptions, my supplies, but I'm learning to really enjoy it. And in fact, I was talking with Marsha Harzog, she's a credit expert on Simply Said podcast uh, coming up. And you should listen to that if you're interested, because she was talking about toxic debt being from credit cards. So I do have a business credit card and a personal credit card. And I really want to take a look at those interest rates, make sure I'm not carrying a balance and look at the options there because you can really get into your into trouble with those kind of little things if you don't give us some attention to it, right? So anyhow, that's what I'm up to a couple days this week uh, for a little bits at a time. And also, right now, I'm concepting a new idea, so I'll jot some notes on that today. Now, the summer, you know, if you've listened, and I've taken a few weeks off because I needed to, you know, take a break and and plan for fall and get my daughter back in school and those things, but I've really had a hard time coming to the desk and finishing 
things. I've got a lot of new projects I want to work on, one already in the works, and I need to come back to that uh, with a new plan and some energy behind it. Um, and one of the things I'm doing when I'm concepting new ideas is I'm jotting notes on paper first. I, I grab one of my favorite pens and a notebook and I sit down usually in out on the deck in the summer or in a, in a well-lit room that is not my office. And I really let creativity flow. Um, I just jot notes on paper. There's something that's very effective for me in the early stages of a project when I'm when I'm just starting the idea and I'm, I'm rolling things around in my brain to do it by hand on paper. I love it. Um, so that's, I'm starting one of those projects today. After I get that out on paper in the next week or so, I will then come to the computer and really start structuring and looking at the the resonance of the idea, researching, doing some preliminary research to feel, to understand if it's something I can live with for a while or want to live with for a while, um, and taking the ideas from the from the notebook and putting it out on the page and and testing it a little bit against those criteria. You can go back and listen to an earlier episode where we talked about criteria to decide if an idea is valuable, if it's one that's worth writing, because I get a lot of ideas, but not all of them are, are going to make it into a published piece, and, and they shouldn't. So I scrutinize that idea a little bit more when I bring it in, but my initial stages are, uh, you know, really free and easy, and uh, and it feels good. I like that. It's, it's not something I've always done, um, but I'm returning to that, and it's working for me. Those are the dailies. All right. And you know, at the top of the show, I told you I was going to talk to you about something today that you may not want to hear. And that's going to be our craft portion today. And it's something that I didn't take too seriously, uh, especially in the early years. And since I started this practice, my writing has really elevated. I felt more connected. I've been able to follow the thread a lot easier and I've become smarter about my ideas on publishing. I've had more published as well. So what is this thing that you may not want to hear, but I think will turn your writing practice and publishing around? And that is if you want to be a full-time writing professional, no time like the present to start showing off your work regularly. Take it out to the world. Now, if you want a journal, keep a regular diary, uh, work through expressive writing, those are valuable forms of writing too. I think all writing matters. But if you want to be a professional writer, one that regularly publishes, you need to start showing your work sooner, regularly, maybe every day. This isn't easy, but it will make you better. Listen, I'll tell you what, I, a number of years ago, I'd been in journalism a long time, written for newspapers for years. And, and that's a very distinct voice, right? And, and then I was moving into magazine and having some success, but I was about to start work on my first book. And before I went to the publisher with that proposal, I was trying to find my voice because my journalistic voice 
is very different. I think of voices like, you know, I talk to my mother a little bit different than I talk to my daughter, a little bit different than I talk to my girlfriends when we're out having wine, whatever it is. We have these aspects of ourselves that are true and authentic, but how we communicate those things differs, whether we're talking to our boss at work or whether we're talking with a friend over happy hour. So my journalistic voice was consistent and different than my magazine voice, which was a little more featurey. And I was having problems taking that voice a step further and being real conversational when I started working on my first book. So I decided to blog. It was at a time when everybody was blogging. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to have the the added pressure. I didn't want to work without an editor because often when you're blogging personally, you, you're not, you don't have an editor that, that screens your work. And I'd always worked with an editor, right? When you find a good editor and they make your work a hundred percent better. And so in the magazine and newspaper world, I would write my stuff. I'd send it to an editor. They would come back with notes or conversation and we'd go off again. And in between the two of us, the work really got polished. So blocking scared me a little bit because I knew I'd be putting things out in the world that didn't have that safety net. Anyhow, I started to blog and I set myself on a regular schedule. In the beginning, I did uh, three days a week, I think, and then moved to two days a week. And it elevated my writing probably faster than anything else I've done. It became clearer, the writing became smoother. Um, I'd all always been a fast writer because in newspaper land you you need to write quickly on daily deadlines but I discovered my book voice my feature voice how I wanted to talk to you the reader how I wanted to connect I I started writing on the page uh like I want to listen on the page. When I read a book and I really feel like the author is there in my living room, I like that conversational approach. And I couldn't get there. But when I started blogging regularly with that intention to really explore voice and ideas and have the freedom to do it without the parameters of a paid market and all those things, I felt free. And a faster, I did that for a number of years. And I still blog uh, from time to time. And I have my Substack, which you can join our Simply Write community at simplywrite.substack.com. And that is very conversational, very personal. Also, there's good writing tips. And I have, you know, information from other authors that we put on the page and all of that. But it really came out of this understanding of the value of writing to a community, writing to readers regularly without a safety net getting the ideas out from my head onto the page more instantly than I could do in book publishing or magazine writing and really allow my voice to take hold. Now, since then I've heard from others and um, had that one-on-one connection with the audience, which I love. And I've read other authors who do this too. Seth Godin, uh, he talked about how essential it is to not only publish regularly, but write every day and publish every day. And he does that in his blog. Um, it's challenging and it's sometimes scary. And it pushed me out of my comfort zone so that I could start to develop some confidence in my voice. Now, it's I'm still not always comfortable with it, right? And I write, I've written hundreds of articles and, and four books now. I'm working on another 
but not having an editor and going, bringing the work straight to you and sharing my personal ideas like I do on Substack, you know, it, it's not where I interview experts all the time and, and pop out the information like I did in feature writing and magazine writing or journalism. It's more where I'm sharing myself with you on the page. That is nerve wracking and it can be a little scary. It's vulnerable for sure. And that too makes the writing better because we need to be a little vulnerable on the page if we're going to connect with our readers, particularly in essays or books and fiction too, I think, because we are representative of the of the characters we're writing, right? So I always get a little nervous if I drop something on the page. I, I do edit it briefly on Substack, but I hold myself, I, I try to do it quicker so it's a little raw because I think that's honest for the type of publication I'm writing there. You know, we're human beings, we're learning this stuff together and I want that to come through. And the reality is I have other deadlines that I've got to get to. Um, and those deadlines do have editors and my publishers and so forth, which is great. But in this one work at simplywrite.subject.com, I get to go through and study different aspects and experiment and try different things and hope that you as the reader are compassionate and, and learning with me and working with me and straightening me out when I get it wrong. When you start to publish regularly in any venue, then you hold yourself accountable a little more. You become more disciplined. You're putting something out there each week for strangers to access, anyone to read without the structure of an editor or publisher. And it, it will freak you out. But ultimately, it's going to help you find your process, your voice, um, your pacing, right? It's going to help you uh, understand your idea and take it from the jumble that is often in my mind in a way that is comprehensive and clear, on the page. And I think that's a worthy practice for a writer. You know, this happens in the art world quite a bit, I think. These days we reflect on the work of the great masters like Van Gogh and Rembrandt and Matisse and even Picasso later, right? And we look at the work that they never sold or commissioned. They were study pieces, studies of light and studies of brushstroke and, and studies of color. You see in the work of Van Gogh where they would play with movement in their work. Starry Night over and over was, was you know, different renditions of that work were basically the rough drafts to experiment with and practice and study these techniques and concepts in the work. And... Now we reflect on those as, as masterpieces, but we also see the artist developing. I think writing for an audience does that for us. I think writing your blog, writing a newsletter, uh, creating a platform, even on, uh, on social media where you can write an elaborate note or a longer note in the section, you know, a couple hundred words, where you know it's going to be out there before an audience is essential to elevating the writing craft. And it's also important if you think you want to publish regularly or if you're working toward that, because you're going to have to get used to the public feedback, the rejection, the criticism, the compliments, all of it. You're going to have to learn how to take that in and yet detach from it at the same time. And when we can do that, it makes our writing better. But find a place where you can put your work out there and get in the habit of publishing regularly, whether you have a paid assignment 
or not. Do it for you. Do it for the craft. And really think about bringing value to the readers. If you want to share something, make sure that it's uh, well-crafted and and that it's clear. It doesn't have to be long. It's simply the practice of reaching out and connecting this way with your work so that you can elevate your craft and so that you're giving value to the people who are seeing it. Now, we're going to take a quick break on Simply Write with Polly, part of the Creators Network of Electrocast. But when we get back, I'm going to give you some ways to do that, right? You know the why. It's going to bring you up and create opportunity for you that you can't even imagine yet. I'll tell you how that happened for me. We'll talk about some ways to get into it right after this short break. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. And we are back. And before we went to break, we were talking about the value of publishing frequently, every day, or at least a couple of times a week, whether it's in your own blog or a newsletter or some other platform, maybe on on social media like Facebook Note or something like that. I think there's real value in doing this. And Seth Godin, the author, he says to write every day and put something out there every day, publish it, even if no one reads it. He says that by doing that, you become more conscious of those you are writing for and you become more aware of your practice and your discipline. It takes guts to do this and that is also part of the discipline of being a professional writer. It will absolutely make you better. I'm not saying you won't feel nervous. You should a little bit. Even now, after 25 years in this business, Every time I send something out to a publisher, editor, or you through the newsletter, every time I write and record a podcast, I feel a little nervous in my belly. I want to bring value. I want to show up as a professional. I, I want to get better, right? But, but the bottom line is professional writers write for others. They write for people. Now, hopefully you're getting value from the process yourself. I love to write, but I'm writing to be read. That's what makes me a professional. I also keep morning pages. I also write a journal. Now, those will never be read. Those will never be in the public eye. I'm not going to sell those. And those can be all loosey-goosey or emotional or whatever I need to do in those pages for me. There is value in that. And if that's what you want to do, keep writing. That's important too. But I'm writing to publish. This is my job. And if you want to publish, you need to get your stuff out there regularly, whether you feel nervous or not. When you do a blog, uh, things are a little anonymous. You're going to hear from readers. Some are going to love what you wrote. Some bots are going to track you down and try to post advertisements on your site. And others are going to hate it and think you got it wrong. And that's okay. That's all part of it. You learn to detach from that and also to take in what can support you. So do you need to write every day to do this? Here are some parameters I think are worth paying attention to. No, I don't think you need to write every day. But I do think we improve 
our writing improves the more often we do it. It's like exercise. The more I, the more often I walk, the stronger my muscles get, right? I, and I do think that writing and sharing is, is important because you need to have a sense about how you're getting these ideas across, right? You are writing for the public. You're writing not just for the magazine market or the publishing market, the editors and publishers at the publishing house, but the readers ultimately, people like you and me who are going to pick up this material. So writing and publishing regularly on your own form can give you some feedback about how these things are hitting the market. Even small posts that I do on, on Facebook from time to time. Sometimes they resonate with people, sometimes not at all. That's interesting to me. I pay attention to that. Is it the writing style? Sometimes, yeah. Try things out. Experiment with the voice and the tone and the topics. Then if you do ask for feedback from your newsletter or your blog post, you know, if, if you let your mom know or your friends know that you're doing this or a colleague, then be careful what you ask for. You need to be tough, right? Because there are times when I've written something and I'm experimenting and I ask for compliments only. That's all I want to hear. I need the encouragement. I know the piece isn't ready for prime time. So I just want encouragement or comments about how I can improve a specific area. I will say, how does this dialogue work? Let's talk about the dialogue or the scene, right? or the structure of this nonfiction piece. In, in my book, my first book in particular, I really studied voice for that book and I bounced that off a couple. Is this working? Does it feel accessible to you? Does it feel like we could be in a relationship? Because that's really the tone I wanted to take in the book. Also, when you get outside views from other people, criticism or compliments, don't believe everything they say right? Your mom loves you, hopefully, or your partner or whoever your friends are. They want you to succeed. They're vested in you. So they'll have positive things to say. The people who don't get what you're trying to sell or don't like you or don't read, they're not going to like it. Don't believe everything they say either way, but look for patterns. In my writer's group, if everybody in that group hones in on a particular passage and says, hey, this isn't working for me, that's probably not working, right? Because there's five people in that group and they're all super smart and they're all great writers. So if they read that and they say, hey, this isn't hitting, probably not. So I can take or leave that information, but I'm looking for the patterns of those comments. Sometimes it's a matter of personal preference in writing. One person will like one sentence and the other person will hate it. But look for the patterns. When they all hone in on a specific area that is or is not working, then you need to know that. Also, don't take out the big work until you're ready. And by big work, I mean a book. You know, I'm not going to send a first draft of my book around to anyone. I'm not. I need to hold that close. And never take your work to the dream killers, right? And also, don't take your work to the people who are your favorite people in your whole life. It's not fair to either side. The dream color killers, they can't see it with fresh eyes, and you will be hurt by those comments. And the people who love you most, they can't see it with fresh eyes either because they think you're a genius. So look for that middle ground. I know a lot of people who use beta readers. I do not. Maybe that'll change in the future. I do not. But I have uh, a colleague that I bounce things off of once in a while because she's smart. 
and she knows me, but she's also, we have the kind of relationship where we feel safe with each other. And she'll, she'll tell me straight up, nope, I didn't get this at all, but I did like this part, right? So the most important way to become better and become published is to get used to writing and sending that work out in the world long before you have a contract. But also take that feedback with a grain of salt because at this stage, you are learning and using this method of regular publishing to hone your craft. And one final thing to say about this part of it is this is about building discipline and process and technique and getting comfortable with sitting down and writing to publish every day. Hold yourself accountable. Give some thought to how you're going to do this. Create a structure and then hold that line. Do it. When I started blogging, my commitment was three days a week. I stuck with that for quite a while. Then I moved to two days a week. When I do this podcast, I have two podcasts that I do, Simply Said, Polly Campbell Simply Said, and Simply Write with Polly, two different shows, two different pieces of content that I'm creating. I publish once a week on each, and I hold myself accountable to that, unless I'm on vacation, which I've scheduled a year in advance. When I write my Substack newsletter, I schedule one and produce one weekly unless I have a scheduled vacation. And I do that three times a month. Again, you can find that at simplywrite.substack.com where we get into this kind of stuff here and support each other that way. So set a structure and then do it. Hold yourself accountable like you would any other deadline from an editor, from a site, anything you do. You want to know what it's like to write on deadline, to write regularly, and have time to do it and then send it out. So when I'm writing the uh, newsletter, I spend some time on it, usually on Wednesdays. I review it Thursdays and it goes out. Sometimes it's even faster than that because uh, sometimes I need to get it up and out right away. Depends on what I'm practicing, what I'm working on in my day and in my writing. So set a structure, set the guidelines, even if you have two followers, this is the process for you and the readers will benefit from what you share, but this is about you elevating your craft. Okay, your assignment today, you know what this is going to be, do it. Figure out what you want to write, one idea, or figure out the platform you want to go to and do it at least one time. Set a plan in motion, begin right now write something, publish it, post it, bring others to it, and go through that exercise and then do it again. Decide after you've written and published your first piece on whatever platform that, and, and you can look up, there's many platforms to do this now, you know, aside from the social media, you can look at sites like Medium, uh, you could easily set up your own blog, your own Substack. find the venue or decide to write a regular blog or letter and send it out to your own list and write one and get it out and then establish a structure that you're going to follow. That's your assignment. Let me know how it goes on simplywrite.subtech.com. I'm curious if you guys are willing to try this. I think it'll really make a difference for you. Now it's time for what's in the desk. And listen, this week I bought myself 
a reward. Do you ever do this? <laughs> I was dealing with a lot over the summer. My schedule was totally in flux and I had a project I needed to finish and, and needed to push through and I didn't feel like doing it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to buy myself a new notebook as a reward if I finish this project on the deadline I set. And da -da -da -da, I'm highly motivated by office supplies. And so my reward is called the Princeton Notebook. And it's this cool journal. And every few pages, it's, it's graph paper. It's a bound journal of graph paper, but it's different graphs. It's it's triangles and squares and and different design layouts every page. So, and, and there's like a series of eight of them. So you get different graphs on eight pages. And then every probably 20 pages or 30 pages, you get this cool colored like infograph or a periodic table or some cool little detail, a glossy page loaded with cool facts and information. So it's a really creative thing. Every time I turn the page, I'm getting a new ruling on the paper and it's just kind of fun. It's kind of breaking me out. Now I haven't written in it yet. I'm just like petting it, <laughs> touching it, flipping the pages. But don't be precious about your notebooks. If you have a reward that you buy yourself for a job well done, then, you know, use the pen or use the scratch pad or the notebook or whatever. Now, I don't always do this, but man, when I saw this baby and it has elevated my notebook game, it's the Princeton Notebook and that's what's in the dust. All right, writers, it's time for us to go and get to work, right? You've got your assignment to do. You're going to write and publish. And if you do, send me a link in the comments section or hit me up through the Substack, simplywrite.substack.com, and I'll take a look. And let's let's develop a community around this idea of, of getting in the practice of publishing long before we get that big assignment. It'll help you elevate your craft, and it feels satisfying to get something out there every day. All right, let's get to it. And this week, as you go forward into your writing day, remember the words of Sylvia Plath. She said, everything in life is writable about if you have the outgoing guts to do it and the imagination to improvise. The worst enemy to creativity is self-doubt. Think about those words, writers, and sit down and simply write. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. 
Futurecast.